thank you, God, for allowing us again to come to a time of delving into the Word of God to find food for our soul. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Thank you for every life, every family that's represented here. And we just bring ourselves, O oh Lord, and lay ourselves bare before you. We know that you're the God who heals. You're the God who forgives. You're the God of new beginnings. You're the God who knows all about us. And you, yet you care about us. We ask you, God, to touch these next few moments of our time together and make them productive spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I was talking with a person yesterday who was so angry at God, so mad at God. His wife had uh, cancer, stage four cancer, and he just couldn't process that. Why would God do this? Why would God let this happen? Why would God do something to somebody that's never done anything but good for everybody she knows? So angry, and he called Christian people, you people. And uh, I, I looked at that life that had been lived with no regard for God or God's house or the Word of God or anything about God, knows nothing about God nor his house. Therefore, he cannot process the information that he's got right now. You see, if you don't know God, and if you don't know the Word of God, and you don't know the things of God, then you can't process when bad things happen to good people. There's a reason why bad things happen to good people. And it's not God's fault. It's not God that did that. God is not the author of violence, nor hurt, nor disease. All of those things happen because of an incident that occurred way in our ancient past that they call a Garden of Eden, and they call it original sin, and they call it initial sin, and the fall. They call it the fall. I talked to, with another guy, and he's going through cancer himself, and is in the various stages, has already done the chemo, and is in the radiation and he still has it in his lymph nodes and this, this kind of thing. And, and he was uh, telling me how that uh, God had promised this and promised that. And I said, hold it. Now, wait just a minute. Are you sure God would promise you something like that? Because that's a little bit contrary to what his word says. And you got to understand, God will not promise you anything contrary to his word. God will not be your hit man. God will not take vengeance on folks because you want him to. That's, that, those things don't happen. And it's because you just don't know God. And you just don't know the things of God and don't know the Word of God. And that's why we preach the Word of God is so you'll know the things that are freely given to us of God. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, one in nine, I hath not seen, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Can you say the things, the things, the things that God has prepared for them that love him? Well, that opens up a big category, the things of God. In, in fact, when talking about these, this common knowledge that we all have, the Apostle Paul called it those things most surely believed among us. In other words, there is a creed. There is a, a grouping of Scripture and a grouping that we, we call uh, the, the intimate scriptures that help us understand who know and know who God is. Job said, acquaint now thyself with God. You know, it, it's a, a very tough thing that people can grow old in Christ but never grow up in Christ. That they, they can boast of 
how many years I've been here at this church, how many years I've, I've done this, and how many years I, I and boast of a, a great category of, of things that they had observed over the years. But have you ever grown up in God? You see, it's, it's one thing to, to sit on pews and go through the ritual and go through the, the ordeal, but yet never really know what God's Word really says to you and what God's Word can, can communicate to you that will make you a mature. Somebody say mature. A mature person. In fact, the Bible calls that being perfect. But you would understand it better if I just said mature. Because in the Bible, being perfect means mature, complete, grown up is what it means. And the Bible tells us over and over to grow up in God. Because when we meet God, when we first come to that realization that I need God in my life, and to get God in my life, I've got to repent of my sins, and I've got to be converted and turn toward God and trust Him for what happened at Calvary's cross to be sufficient for the sin that was in my life. And once I rid myself of that sin that was in my life, then I embark upon a journey. And the Bible said, as newborn babes, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, the milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the apostle Paul said, I have fed you with milk, and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. In other words, you hadn't grown up enough in God to get off of pablum and... Is it possible that we just get to a point in God where we just take a seat and say, well, the Lord, that's all I'm, I'm doing. That's, that's as far as I'm going. Is it possible that we get satisfied with who we are and where we are and, and just say, Lord, I'm right here and uh, I, I'm, I don't feel really challenged to go any further or any deeper. There's a never a status quo. There is never a resting place. The Apostle Paul said, don't think, I don't even think of myself of having arrived, he said. Don't think that serving with God has got a, a place somewhere that you have arrived, some super spiritual place where you are better than others and know more about the Spirit and this kind of thing. Hey, that, that kind of spirit is wrong in itself. We are ever learning, ever learning. Every day with Jesus is a learning experience for us. Every time we come to his house, there's a learning experience for us. Every time that we put our feet on the floor and get out of our bed, that's a learning experience. We're about to learn something today. God wants us to be, be learning, but there's a, a learning that says ever learning but never coming. Did you say to the knowledge of the truth? To the ever learning but never being able to mature. Ever learning but never being able to put activity with what you've learned. What is it they used to do with the old line? Where the rubber meets the road. To make the principles of your faith the practice of your living. That Scripture is more than just something a man hollers through a microphone every Sunday. That Scripture is more than just something that lays on your coffee table. That Scripture is more than just something that people's memory calls from every now and then. God has prepared for them that love Him many things that we'll never ever receive or learn or know or possess unless we become active in pursuing that. And the greatest gift that a bishop or a pastor can ever give to anyone is the Word of God that, so that you will increase 
in the knowledge that you won't just be a hearer only, but a doer also. The Bible said it's terrible for you just hear the Word of God, but don't take any action whatsoever. That literally, it, it means just to walk away from God. God said, I sent you a message. Didn't you get the message? Didn't you get, yeah, I, I got it, I heard it. Well, what did you do with the message that you received? This book is full of messages to us. This book is full of instructions for us. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Walk by faith and not by sight. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Oh, it's full. Over and over, just telling you, this is what I want you to do. But if we only hear it and never get past that, then it just becomes the sounding brass of a tinkling cymbal. It's just a tinkle somewhere in the, in the wind. Would to God today that the church would be endued with such power that we could speak to a world like ours. Would today at these times that we could tell the gainsaying world who feels like God is responsible for everything bad that happens. It sounds like it was in the old Roman Empire when every time an emperor would come to the throne, the problem is those Christians. Those Christians are the problem. Every time a Nero would come to the throne or every time a, a, a Claudius would come to the throne, Every time that a, an emperor would ascend to the throne, they had to prove how great a, a Caesar they were by killing Christians. They had all kind of death traps and death mechanisms from what they call Nero's chop block where he beheaded Christians. There was all kinds of apparatus that were, were, was used to, to kill Christians and to destroy Christians because everything that's wrong in the world is Christians' fault. And I'm going to tell you, that spirit is not dead. I said, that spirit is not dead. That spirit is alive and well in the world today. And you would be surprised at the people that hold that opinion, that it's fundamental Christians, evangelical Christians. Let me tell you the truth as it is in Jesus this morning. There will come a time when you will have to give an account for your faith. There will come a time when you will have to stand up and say, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I accept His shed blood to cover the sin that is in my life. His Word is absolute truth. And to know the truth is to be made free by the Word of God. Amen. There will come a time when you'll be challenged about that. And I pray that you'll have enough Holy Ghost I pray you'll have enough Holy Ghost that when you stand, let the Holy Spirit tell you what to say. When you reach a place that you don't know what to say, just say, Holy Ghost, tell me what to say. Mine ear is attentive. My heart is attuned. Let me know right now, Holy Spirit, what you would have me to say. What should be my answer, God? May my answer be your answer. And may my response be your response. Because, God, I intend to be true to the place you have called me. I intend to finish my race that I started in Jesus' name. I intend to reach my heavenly home. I intend to be a pilgrim and a stranger until I get where you want me to be. Hallelujah! Now I want to tell you something else that I believe. I don't believe that day is very far off. Don't believe it is. We heard our president this last week use some biblical terminology. Did you hear him talk about Armageddon? Did you hear the leader of the free world say we're close to the end of days? 
may well be during my presidency that we will see the end of days. Did you hear? Newscasters say, what does he mean, end of days? Did you hear evaluators and commentators say, Armageddon? What does he mean, Armageddon? Hey, we just assume sometimes that the world knows the Bible. We just assume sometimes that people know about God and know what we know. Hey, let me tell you, they don't know what you know. You've been made a partaker. You've been made a participant. You've been brought into the family. You know what unconverted people don't know. You know that God has promised a favorable end to us. And though we face all kinds of problems and challenges and difficulties, still we know that in the end God has made us to be the happy recipients of a better future, a wonderful climax to this whole story. Read the back page of your Bible. Read in Revelation where, where heaven and earth will pass away. But I saw a new heaven, and I saw a new earth, and he that sat upon the throne, glory be to God, who is our creator, heavenly father, our sovereign God. He is still in charge of this world. Hey, somebody said, what are we going to do? Hey, we're going to keep on preaching. We're going to keep on singing. We're going to keep on shouting. We're going to keep on lifting our voice until the world knows that Jesus saves and Jesus heals. Well, hallelujah. My mind's made up, fixed it in my heart. Glory to God who gives us the victory. That's not a future, but it's a present victory. I've got that victory right now. I said I've got that victory right now. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Let me tell you, I have committed Armageddon against that day. I have committed judgment against that day. I have committed hell against that day. I've, I've, I've committed death and hell and the grave to that day. And faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Our Heavenly Father will keep what we commit to Him against that day. He said, I'll take care of, cast all your care upon me because I care about you. I will reward your faith. I will reward your steadfastness. I will reward your patience. Seek me while I may be found, saith the Lord, and you will find rest and peace for your soul. Well, hallelujah. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. That's 1 Corinthians 1 and 9 up there, sweetie. I'm sorry, it's not on the notes. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. You see, the deep things of God are understood by only those who know him in a deep kind of a way. 
If you know him deeply, you can understand him deeply. If you've been to the depths with him, yea, the deep things of the Lord, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of the Lord. For the things of a spirit of a man, who can, who can know the things of the spirit of a man, save the spirit that abideth in him? Nevertheless, the spirit of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God knoweth. God and his spirit communicates back and forth through us. We've been included in that triad that we can know the mind of Christ that we can know the things of God, the things that eyes have not seen, the things that ears have not heard, the things that haven't entered into the heart of man. God said, I want you to know those things. God, why do you want me to know those things? So you'll tell them. So you'll tell them. So you'll preach it. So you'll teach it. So you'll put it in your songs and sing it. So you put it in your devotion book and read it. God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the deep things of God. What man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man that is in him. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received. Now we have received. Not the Spirit which is of the world but the Spirit which is of God. Woo, if I don't preach another lick today, you'd already heard a good one. We have received not the Spirit of the world. Brother, I don't want the Spirit of the world. Keep it. You can have it back. world has never done anything for me. Amen. You didn't give it to me. You can't take it away. Don't need your endorsement. Don't need your approval. We have received not the spirit of the world. I don't need the world's spirit. Need to get forgiveness and purge from the world's spirit. Don't need it myself. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? Why have we received the spirit of God? The next verse says, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Brother, if you want to know the things, you just say, Holy Spirit, you were revealed so that I could know. You don't want me to be ignorant about your coming. You don't want me to be ignorant about the resurrection. You don't want me to be ignorant about the, the, the judgment. You don't want me to be ignorant about the holy city coming down. You don't want me to be ignorant about the bottomless pit and the devil that will be cast for a thousand years. You don't want me to be ignorant about those things. You said it in your word, brethren. We would not have you to be ignorant concerning these things. Why, oh God, do you want me to know? He said, I want to reveal them unto you by my Spirit so that you can know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, listen, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Who's teaching you? Who's teaching you how to talk? Let me tell you how the devil would like for you to talk. Well, I'm so sick and tired. I've just stood about all I can stand. I've put my one foot in front of the other one. Every time Brother Irwin says that, I say, I haven't got any strength to put no foot in front of another one. I've done all I can do. God, whatever you can do to help anybody. That's the way the devil teaches you to talk. You sound like a punching bag. Why don't you quit letting the devil use you for a punching bag? Why don't you learn how to talk this morning? 
I said, why don't you learn how to talk? Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. If you want to learn how to talk, say, Holy Ghost, teach me how to talk. I want to sound like an overcoming Christian. I want to sound like a person that's got the victory in their life. I want to sound like somebody that's an overcomer. Lord, I want to sound like somebody that prays red-hot prayers that move the hand of God. God, I want to learn how to talk like a victorious, conquering, overcoming Christian talks. Hallelujah! Not the spirit of the world, not the enticing words of man's wisdom, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Listen to the next verse, 15th verse. It says, but he that is spiritual. Oh, I know who that is, Brother Jerry. That's shouting Sally, and that's Sunday school Sam. And that's hell and holiness. Oh, I know who all of them are. Hey, don't you get messed up and think that bodily exercise is spiritual. Now, don't, don't you think I'm talking against shouting because I thank my God I outshout you all. When it comes to shouting, I got a Ph.D. When it comes shouting and dancing and rejoicing, none of you can outdo me. I can outrun you, outdance you, outshout you, out-tongue-talk you. You can't beat me. So what are you, what are you saying here, Brother Jerry? Spirituality is about something else. It's not about... Oh, now bodily exercise is not, not wrong. The Bible said it profits little, but I want to get what little it's profitable for. So I shout. I'm a shouting, foot-stomping Pentecostal. No apologies. That's just who I am. But I'm not spiritual because I dance. And I'm not spiritual because I throw my hands up and holler hallelujah loud as I can. That's not, that's not what makes me spiritual. The thing that makes me spiritual is over in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. 17th verse says, For the Spirit lusteth against the flesh, and the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the twain are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But the fruit of the spirit is love. I know people that are tongue talkers. And dust the rugs pretty regular. But don't have the love of God in their heart. What's the second one, Pastor? Love, joy. I said joy. Joy, 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 J-O-Y, joy. Spiritual people have the joy of the Lord in their life. You showed me a, a sad, and I'll show you somebody that needs some of the Spirit of God. Because if you get the Spirit of God in you, there'll be joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Third one's peace. Love, joy, peace. But if some people you may think are spiritual are the fightingest folks you ever seen. Not very peaceable. That's good preaching. Going slow so you get it all. 
love, joy, peace. Here's a good one. Gentleness. Some of the poutinest, fussiness. I better leave that quick. Gentle. Gentle. The Bible said in Ephesians, Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be kind, be tender, be loving, be merciful. Gentleness, goodness, meekness, meek. You mean God gives grace to the meek and the humble? You better believe he does. That's a production of the Holy Spirit. If you got the Holy Spirit in you, here's what the Bible says, by a tree's fruit. Ye shall judge it. No, not judge it. What does it say? Know it. I don't judge things I know. If I know something, I don't have to judge it. You ever seen apples grow on a pecan tree? You ever seen a palm tree that put out acorns? Hmm? You ever seen a peach tree with lemons on it? Well, how in the world you know it's a peach tree? Did you say it's got peaches on it? How do you know an orange tree's got oranges on it? How do you know that it's an orange tree? Got oranges. How are you going to know a man's a spiritual man? Got the fruit on it. You getting it? Got the fruit on it. This world needs to see some fruity. Christians. America needs some fruity Christians right now. Our country needs some fruity, some people that know what love and joy and peace and gentleness and meekness and long, oh, long, there's a good one, long suffering. You mean spiritual people are long sufferers? Lady asked me one time, I love this. She said, How in the world, Pastor, do I learn long suffering? Susan's heard me tell her, by suffering long. There's some things you learn because you went through it, you took the course. The Holy Ghost was the teacher, there was a lesson to be learned, and you learned it. How do I learn about the love of God? Hey, been through that and got a passing grade. Well, what about that meekness? Been to that class too. Holy Ghost taught that class. Went through that ordeal. Amen. All of these fruit, all of these things, these lessons are lessons learned and they're revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. And God reveals them unto us. Why? So that he can be known. God does not like folks running around in this world saying, I don't know him. You remember when Moses went down to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, I am here to represent I am that I am. And Pharaoh said, I don't know him. Moses said, he's the one that said, let there be. And there was. Let me tell you about this I am. He's the one that told oceans you can come this far and that's as far as you can go. Let me tell you about this I am that I am. He put stars in their sockets. He flung universes 
into the darkness of nothing. He spoke the world into existence and said, let there be light, and there was light. This I am that I am is the one who created everything. He is my God, and he sent me to tell you that he's got some children. And he's got some children that he loves and he's in a covenant with. He told them he'd take care of them. He told them that he'd fight their battles for them. He told them that he'd supply their needs for them. And he's been a great God for them. But right now, you've got them held. And I'm here to tell you, you better let them go. You better let them go. You better let them go or you're going to find out who this God is for sure, and you won't like it when you find out if you don't let him go. He went back, Moses went back and said, God, he said he wasn't going to let him go. He said he didn't know you and said he'd never heard of you, and he said he was hanging on to what he had, and he was not letting those children of Israel go. And God said to Moses, you ready for this? Perk up. Mo God said, Moses, that Pharaoh may know. God doesn't like folks walking around that don't know. That Pharaoh may know that I am God. That beside me there is no other. That I am the sovereign God that created all things that he may know. Glory to God. This world today needs to know that there is a God in heaven and that he is in charge of all things. This world that we're living in right now needs to understand that there is a God in heaven who rules and reigns forever and ever and ever and ever. There is a world that's here today that needs to know that God has got some children, and they're called Christians. You can call them fundamental. You can call them evangelical. You can call them anything you want to call them because that won't change the fact that they're God's children. And if they're God's children, he said, don't put your hand on my children. Don't you touch my children because my children are in covenant with me and I take care of my kids. Oh, I would to God that CNN would blast news from God. God spoke and God said, I've still got some children. I've still got some children that have not bowed down to the idols. I've still got some children that still know in whom they have believed. I've still got some folks over there at 520 Golden Springs Road. I've got a little fellow over there named Brother Jerry that still gets in his pulpit and tells people, you better love God and you better obey his word and you better know who he is. Hallelujah. And, oh, this is so-and-so, so-and-so coming to you from New York, and we're going to tell you what God says. How did you find out what God says? We looked in his word, and he had a lot of things to say. He said in the last days there would be a departure from the faith. He said in the last days there'd be some folks that wouldn't know, want to know about the things of God. He said in the last days that his children would be brought before magistrates to give an account for the hope that lieth within them. But he said... This God says there's coming a day in the near future and the trumpet's going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise. Hallelujah. There's going to be a convulsing in this old world and graves are going to burst open and sleeping saints are going to rise with bodies like unto his own glorious body. 
fella told me one day this week, he said, hey, I heard you talk, preaching about a rapture. You know that's not a biblical word, don't you? I said, yes, sir, I know that. But cigarettes ain't either. And brother, you are Hades on people that smoke cigarettes. You are a holy person. All right, I'll give that to you. But rapture is a, a word that it lets us know. It's the best English word we've got that'll tell us what's going to happen. Actually, the Greek is parousia. We just say rapture because we know what that is. He said, preacher... I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay right here. I said, that's just exactly right. <laughs> Brother, if you don't believe in one, you probably won't go in one. I said, if you don't believe in one, you probably won't go in one. Oh, I'm glad I know about the rapture of the church. I'm glad I know that the Lord's coming back. I'm glad to know that the trumpet's going to sound and wake up the dead. I'm glad I know that the power of God's going to strike this whole world and the saints of God will rise. Hallelujah. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Can somebody help me praise the Lord this morning? Stand to your feet all over this house. And let's give God some glory. Let's give God some praise. Let's give God some glory in this house. you need something from God this morning I told you this last Sunday the waters are troubled the waters are troubled the Lord is passing by he's in this house if you need him to do something for you if you'll make a move if you'll make a move he's not going to snatch you out and pull you but if you need him to do something for you, if you'll step out and walk this direction, in the name of Jesus, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. If you don't feel comfortable with that, God bless you. You just do what you feel comfortable with. Everybody be comfortable. I said everybody be comfortable. Do what you feel is right. Mm. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is his name. Master, Master, Master. Master, Master, Master. Master, Master, Master. Jesus is his name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Savior, Savior, Savior. Savior, Savior, Savior. Jesus is his name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus is his name. Glory to God. The Word of God says this. Pray one for another that you may be healed. That you may be healed. Pray one for another. Confess your faults and pray one for another. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Don't have to be a preacher, don't have to be a bishop, don't have to be a prophet. Person. Person. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. You know what that means? That means that every one of you in this house today have inside you a power and an authority. Jesus put it there. I said, Jesus put it there. You can lay your hands upon a person and pray for them, and God can heal them. Sometimes we get so pent up in what we want the preacher to do. But I want to tell you, he hadn't got any more than you've got. You've got just as much authority and power with God as this preacher does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't bother me now. I got all day. I'll line up right here and I'll get you in a single file line. We'll do one at a time if you want to. But let me tell you, God will hear the prayer of every sincere person. Every sincere person. God will hear your prayer. I said God will hear your prayer. God will hear your prayer. He is the Lord who heals all our diseases and he pardons all of our iniquities. Glory to God. He can wipe the slate clean for you today. You can walk out of here a brand new person. Brand new person. No history. Nothing like that. You can wipe the slate clean right here this morning in his presence. In his presence. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Let the Lord direct you to someone near you that would be willing to pray with you. Come here, Antoine. Come up here and pray with this pastor. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. God, I lay my hands upon this, my brother. 
And I realize today, O oh Lord, that our sustenance and our strength is in you. You're the strength of our life. I thank you, O oh God, for Antoine. I thank you for his family. Thank you, God, for all that is in his life. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you're touching him, that you're moving in his life. Thank you, Lord, right now that you're giving him strength and giving him encouragement, that your spirit, your power, your grace, the peace of God that passes understanding is right now available to him. In Jesus' name, God, let him experience the glory of your presence and the glory of your, your wonderful power in his life. Lord, I pray that you would use him and give him opportunity, Lord, to share his faith to tell others about the saving grace of God. I pray, O oh Lord, that all the things that would come against him, that you would bind those things, O oh Lord, and deliver and set him free from every enemy's encounter and every challenge that he may face. Give him the victory and give him overcoming power and grace and make him more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved him and gave himself for him. That prayer we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come here, my little miracle girl. Tell these folks what God did for you. He has healed me, Lord, and brought me through a brain tumor. Um, I was told I would be possibly deaf and blind and may not see again. So, And he really has been with me and brought me through so much. You mean prayer? Oh, I, I felt the Lord immediately with me when he told me that. I said, what are you saying to me? And he told me and Jason that there was no prayer that could remove that size tumor. No prayer that could remove that. But God did. Well, what, what started out was I said, wait just a minute before you start diagnosing me. My church just prayed for me yesterday. <laughs> and they all laid hands over me. And I believe that, you know, I could be healed and I don't even have a brain tumor now. And he looked me dead in the eye. Jason will tell you. He said, ma'am, there's no prayer that can remove that size tumor. <laughs> and I didn't want to listen to anything else he had to say. And Jason was asking lots of questions, but I didn't want <laughs> And I said, I'm ready to go. So anyways, I've got another opinion. I had another surgeon to do my surgery. And they called me, the office did, about two weeks later, said, ma'am, why have you not scheduled your surgery? You're, you're going to die. You've got to have this surgery. I said, ma'am, you go tell that doctor I've done had surgery, and I heard you just fine. So. <laughs> Praise God. They, they wasn't able to remove all of the tumor, but I believe God has healed me, and I continue to do as Cindy Cindy Fox says, you don't say my tumor, it's the tumor. You don't claim nothing. You believe, don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it. There's a sermon, isn't it, Judy? Don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it. Don't put your name on it. Praise God. What a testimony. Stan, can you get Joan up here to me? This precious lady comes every service never misses she has debilitating arthritis she's had a tough tough time of it but she's got a wonderful husband that supports her and stands by her Joan you just heard a lady say that God did a miracle for her that a doctor told her this can't be done you're going to die and she said, I'm going to believe that my church can pray for me, and I'm going to believe that God can heal me. I believe that can happen for you. I believe that can. I'm not the one in charge. There's no power in my hand. There's nothing, not me. It's, listen, 
the effectual fervent prayer. And that's what does the work. Not me, that hand is just an ordinary hand. But I'm going to do what the Bible said. It say, lay your hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Boy, that's a powerful verse, isn't it? These signs shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers? Got any believers? These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover. It didn't say they that preach. It didn't say they that bishop. It said they that believe. You got folks all around you that said we believe. And I'm going to believe with you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I take this hand of a little lady that has a lot of faith. And Lord, I'm reminded in your word of a lady that said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get close enough to him that I can touch the border of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. Lord, I know that you can touch Joan Minor right now and you can move in her life and move in her body and give her a miracle of your touch. You are the one who heals, God. You are the one who does miracle things. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you to touch her now and let the glorious, gracious, powerful hand of God do a work in her body. Start a healing, God, in her body, I pray right now. From this moment forward, God, let healing flow in her body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I felt to release there while we prayed. I did. I felt to release there. And I'm going to look forward to better reports. I believe next report to me, Pastor, I'm better. In Jesus' name. Spurgeon has already told you there's nothing you can do. So he says he can't help you. No. There is a God. Yes. 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 I don't need him. Hallelujah. She came for a purpose today. Well, I believe the Lord can touch you. He already has, she said. God, in Jesus' name, I lay my hand upon this, my sister. And I ask you, God, to stretch down your hand. Your word said they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. I pray, God, that you would stretch that mighty hand and that long, outstretched arm, and that you would touch my sister. Lord, let her feel the excellency of your work. Touch her, O oh God. Manifest your power. Manifest your healing virtue. And let the grace of God touch her body, O oh God, right now, and free her and liberate her from this spirit of infirmity that has her bound. God, move and release her. In Jesus' powerful name. Amen, 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 amen. Brother James, love you, Patsy. James, bless the Lord. Been a long time, hasn't it, buddy? Amen. God, I lay my hands on James Austin. And I know, oh God, that you have touched his body many times before. You've been the God of this family for generations. Generations, Lord, they've spent right here in your house. I thank you, God, for this family. And I ask you to touch James. God, move upon him, oh Lord Jesus. God, let your good grace and your good healing power flow through his body, God. Lord, start a healing in him, oh God, in Jesus' name. Let him feel your presence and your grace doing a work in his body. God, touch him. And God, let your wonderful power, your wonderful power, your authority, oh God. Lord, take authority over this, this illness and this disease. God, in Jesus' name, give him deliverance from it and healing right now, I pray. In Jesus' strong and mighty name, amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. 
Why don't you just take the hand of that person beside you? May not even know them. Need to pray for them anyway. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to do what that Bible says. It said pray one for another. Pray one for another. Pray one for another. Pray one for another. Would you pray for that person whose hand you're holding right now? God, I want you to touch everybody in this house today. Honor your word. Your word says. Your word says. Your word says that we would pray one for another and we would be healed. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, yes. Pray a prayer of authority. Pray a prayer. Oh, I feel God loosening some bonds and doing some miracle work. Praise your name, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Spirit of God. 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 Thank you, Spirit of Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. God, in the name of Jesus, touch Jody this morning. Lord, I pray that your power would just flow through her body right now. In Jesus' name, heal her body, God. Deliver her, O oh Lord, from this disease and deliver her from this pain. Deliver her, O oh God, I pray. Set her free and let her experience a miracle, a healing touch. In the name of Jesus. 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 Is an awesome God. Sing it for me, sweetheart. Our God, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns 
from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an all. One more time. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. God. Yes, I will. In the name of Jesus, I will. Brother Jack, one more prayer, and then we'll go. Hang with me just a minute. God, I love you. I thank you for Jack Smith. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his heart. I ask you to touch him, Lord, right now, and touch this eye, and touch him, Lord, with this UTI in Jesus' name. God, move upon him. Oh, Lord, energize him and give him strength and give him encouragement. Touch him and bless him, God. Give him a calm assurance that you're in charge and that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. In the powerful name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen.